Welcome to Find Your Niche, a career podcast offering advice that you can implement today, as well as career tips that will set you on a career path and help you to find your niche. I'm Lori Cole, certified career coach and job search advisor with iHire. iHire connects you to industry-specific jobs in over 57 talent communities. Find your niche today on iHire. People change careers for all kinds of reasons. Some people realize that they don't like the career path they're on. Others might not mind their current job, but would prefer to do something they're a bit more passionate about. And some have no choice. They're either being laid off or fired. I had a recent discussion with Chris Dyer of PeopleG2, and we talked about why it doesn't suck to fail, the challenges people face in making a career change, and the difference between making a mistake and making an error. Here are the latest trends, topics, and tips that will help you in your job search. The first mistake is not conducting an honest self-assessment to know if a career change is the right thing for you. Are you willing to put in the time and the effort needed to make this change? Are you ready to learn all of the new skills that you'll need? And are you sure you know why you need a career change? Be sure you answer these questions before going any further in this process. The second mistake is using your old one-size-fits-all resume to apply for jobs in your new field. I always recommend that career changers work with a professional resume writer to work on your resume, your cover letter, and your LinkedIn profile. Now, you might think that you can do this yourself, but there are some resume strategies specifically for career changers you need to know about. Professional resume writers add the right keywords for your new industry. They'll highlight all of your transferable skills and they'll use the resume format that will work best for you. Professional writers will ensure that your LinkedIn profile doesn't sound too formal and that your cover letter properly explains the reason for changing careers. Spending a few hundred dollars will save you many hours of frustration. It's totally worth it. And if you can't tell, I am a huge fan of hiring a professional resume writer. The third mistake people make is quitting their job without having another one lined up and underestimating the time it will take to find a job in the new field. If you're a senior level person now, you may have to start at a lower level and work your way up the corporate ladder, not to mention that you might have to take a bit of a financial hit. Finding a senior level job usually takes six months to a year. Non-senior level positions can take three months or longer, and too many people give up on their search too soon. Another mistake people make is not researching the job market in the next field. One of the best ways to do this is by conducting informational interviews. That's where you either job shadow or sit down with someone working in your field of interest. Researching your next career path will save you a lot of time and heartache in the long run. Don't choose a field based on salary alone, because if that high-paying job doesn't match your interests, your values, and your strengths, you will not be happy. Choose a career path based on job growth projections and what fits best with your skills and personality. Don't expect your future employer to hire you at your current salary, even though you don't have experience in the field. 
I had one job shadowing experience that had me running from the building after half a day. And this was a job I thought that I really wanted until I saw behind the curtain. I found that the business wasn't computerized because the owners said the old ways worked for them. Everybody had a Rolodex and three by five cards and people were expected to handwrite records of calls and keep a sales ledger. I thought, wow, this is my chance to really come in and make a huge difference here and make everyone so much more efficient. But the gal I sat with told me to save my breath. It was a family business, the owners were about to retire, and the family member being left in charge was tech-phobic. I said, yeah, this is not gonna work for me, I'm out. Lesson learned, and from then on, I would job shadow whenever I was given the opportunity. Chris Dyer is my guest today, and he is the founder of People G2, a company that has been fully remote since 2009, so before fully remote was popular. People G2 is routinely ranked as one of the best places to work and has been listed on Inc.'s 5,000 fastest growing companies five times. Chris has been featured on the BBC, NBC, The Telegraph, The Sun, and Forbes. He's a best-selling author, and his books include The Power of Company Culture and Remote Work. He enjoys being a keynote speaker and consultant on the topics of remote and hybrid work, and he's going to bring some insights into why failing doesn't suck. Let's hear from today's featured guests who has found their niche. Our listeners are more candidates. They're more people looking for jobs. There's a lot of failure when it comes to the job search. Mm -hmm. Give us a rundown of why failing should not suck for us in the job search. Yeah, so I think there's probably two ways to look at this. We can all fail for a lot of reasons. And I would certainly say that I have failed far more times hundreds of more times than I have ever been successful. And it is that habit and it is that desire to go out and try things and to put yourself out there knowing full well that you are going to fail. I mean, when we send out resumes, right? We send them to hundreds of companies. You might even send them to thousands of companies. Yes. And you've essentially get one or two interviews out of that. You could argue you have failed with 99% of your attempts to get a job, right? And in that context, it doesn't tend to stop people, most people, from you know, going forward with that. But we look at other parts of our life, people tend to only try if they think they have a pretty good, um, pretty good chance of actually getting the thing they want or to do the thing they want to do. Um, there's a pretty famous, although this is not advice, there's a pretty famous dating thing where like basically you need to ask, you know, go ask a hundred people out and 10% might say yes, right? That's sort of the strategy for you know, getting a date on Friday night is to right. you know, ask a hundred people out. Um, and again, you're failing in that, in that statistic 90 times out of a hundred, but the average person doesn't ask someone on the date unless they are pretty sure that person likes them. They're pretty sure they, they like them. I mean, there's all these constructs around it. And so when we, I think we're looking at the average person, the average candidate, and they are wondering, how can I be successful? How can I be like the people I admire in, you know, in my career? 
you have to try a lot of things and do a lot of things in order for some things to stick and, and to be a part of your path to, towards success. Isn't it a lot of trial and error? You just, as you said, just put yourself out there and know you're probably going to bomb the first couple of interviews yeah. because you haven't done it in a while. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, I have definitely at times um, coached many of my friends who are trying to get jobs. And I would say, well, well, why are you only applying for these jobs in this one or two sections? And they would say, well, that's where my experience is. And I'm like, but if you just took your experience and changed a few words, you could be have the same qualifications in about 15 other industries. Why are you so narrow into this focus? And they hadn't thought about it that way. And they say, well, people may not accept because I don't have experience in that exact thing. And I go, yeah, but why don't you just try? And every time it worked for them, they end up in a different industry with a better job. Instead of being very focused, and I think certainly when we've had recessions in the past, this is pretty common advice. People have to learn how to pivot from one industry to another to go find a different job. But when we're not forced by some economic shift, we often only think of ourselves, our self-perception is... I am a customer service person in real estate, you know, and then they can't find a job. And then, they, you know, instead of saying, well, I could be customer service anywhere. <laughs> and you get very comfortable in that role. You think, I, I understand what you're saying totally. You, you think I can't, I don't really have any experience in another industry, mm-hmm. but there are all these skills that could be transferable. Yep. But you have to paint the picture for the employer or tell them exactly how those skills are transferable because a lot of times the employer isn't going to take that time to connect the dots and look at your resume and say, yep, this is, I I understand how this person can do this job. Absolutely. And any good employer, any good manager, any good hiring, you know, human resources person will will be able to look at someone and say, they have the skills they have the experience. They have the, the attitude that I need. I can teach them the difference between how to be a customer service agent in real estate versus a customer service agent, you know, at a, at a, for a retail uh, company or, or whatever that slight difference is, right? The ability to be able to talk to people and, be, and help a client be successful is a skill. Right. It, is, it is not necessarily industry specific. So it, it's about just, I think, thinking about yourself in those different ways. I have made the, the really bad joke to my friends. If you told me tomorrow I have to do brain surgery, like there's n- either I do try brain surgery on this person or they die for sure. Of course I would never do this, right? I'm not a doctor. I'm not trained. <laughs> right. But like if they said I had to, I was the only chance for this person. You're the only shot. I'm the only shot, right? I'd be like, okay, let's do it. Let's figure it out. Like I... How many YouTube videos can I watch? How many <laughs> medical journals can I read between now and when I have to do it that I could try? And yet I have so many friends that would say, I just wouldn't do it. They wouldn't even try, even though in that tight little example, which is, of course, is completely ridiculous, to try is the same as to fail. Right. right? Even if, I, if I were to try and did, didn't work, which it clearly shouldn't because I have no business doing brain surgery, but... They literally just, they have such a fixed mindset about their skills and their abilities. And I'm like, well, I could try. And I've always had that thought. You know, I was doing one job and this other job kind of came up. I'm like, well, I don't really have the qualifications, but it looks cool. And I know I could do a good job. I might as well try. Mm-hmm. And I often got the job because no one else 
raise their hand. Is it because you were able to sell yourself and you were able to help that employer see that you could do that job? I, I think there is a big part of sales that would go into mm -hmm. that. Yeah, there's a, there's certainly a certain amount of selling selling yourself for sure. But I think anyone who's hiring someone who shows up and says, I can do it. I can figure it out. Look what I did in the past. Look how I figured it out. They have confidence, not arrogance, not, oh, I can do any job. No. I mean, I came and said, I know I can figure this out. I know I'm a quick learner. I know I can, you know, rely on my the people around me that the skills I have can be transferable to whatever it is I don't know. And people like that, right? Right. Talk to me about the difference between mistakes and errors. Sure. So this is, uh, I think, the second part that I was alluding to in the, your first question for what, what people need to think about. So when I say failure doesn't suck, I mean we want to be in environments and we want to be living our life where we're trying new things and we know sometimes it doesn't work out. And that is a mistake. So I tried my best with all the information that I had in front of me, everything that I could possibly know, have learned and done, it brought me to this moment and I made a choice. And if the choice works, great. If it doesn't work, then I need to step back and learn from it and not get angry with myself. Other people shouldn't be angry with me. I shouldn't give up. I should say, well, what did I learn from this? Um, the, the gentleman who invented the Dyson vacuum said he had basically failed 4,263 times until he got it, right? Every iteration of that vacuum was a failure, and they learned from that failure. And they never stopped and said, well, geez, we're idiots. What are we doing? I mean, they said, no, well, okay, this doesn't work. Let's try this way. And they kept going and going and going. But for some reason, we don't think of ourselves that way often. I think the average employee maybe doesn't, they're always worried about maybe taking that risk and trying that new thing. But that's where innovation comes from. That's where new ideas come from. That's where, honestly, if people are willing to try things, that's how they get promoted, how they get known in a, in a inside of a company, right? To stick your neck out a little bit. Again, if you have the right information, if you're, you did everything you could to make the best decision. Now, an error is where there's other things at play where like it, the good example is, let's say I keep doing payroll and I keep using the calculator wrong and I keep calculating people's hours incorrectly and we keep paying people wrong, that's an error, right? right? Now, why did I do that? Was it because I'm multitasking? Um, is that because I'm using an abacus and no one taught me how to use one instead of a calculator? <laughs> I mean, you know, do the tools that I have help me be successful? You know, could I be using a software that would calculate all this for me? You know, I could pop into one of the payroll systems and they would do all the work. Or am I doing it on hand, you know, paper? So there's a lot of factors that go into that. You know, am I, have I been trained properly? Uh, another big one is, do I even have the aptitude? If you asked me to start to go out to the basketball court and, and slam dunk, Every shot, I'm going to have zero points. <laughs> <laughs> but if you practice... Even if I practice, I don't think I'm ever jumping that high. <laughs> I'm not sure I have the, quite the aptitude, right, or the height. There are certain things sometimes in us that where aptitude is a factor based on what the job is. Right. Um, not always, but sometimes there's physical aptitude, mental aptitudes. You know, we could certainly say someone who's very good at talking to people is a natural salesperson, though maybe they're not natural. They learned it from their friends or family. Um, they may not do 
from an aptitude standpoint, very well staring at spreadsheets and coming up with budgets and doing accounting-based work that may be, and, and vice versa, right, for people. So there are, I think, are certainly aptitudes. So if we look at those types of things, errors come out of that. And organizations should not tolerate errors. Employees should think about if they are making those kinds of errors, why is it? Are they missing a, a tool? Are they missing um, a training? Is there a technology? Is there something that they could get to help them do a better job, right? Mm-hmm. If there's not, <laughs> maybe it is an aptitude problem. Um, but then maybe that's not the right job for them either. Right. Square peg in the round hole. Exactly. But if you are the right person for the job and yet you keep screwing up, you got to ask yourself, am I doing too much? Am I multitasking? Am I tired? Am I overworked? Am, do I not have psychological safety here in this job? Um, what is it that's going on that's causing you to make these errors? Right? I know for me, I get tired. I start doing too many things. I got 19 different you know, email addresses going on. I'm talking, and if I don't slow down and I don't, I don't ask for help from my, the people that work for me, then I'll send out an email that has a misspelled word. Or I'll mess up a time zone on a calendar invite. We do, we do these things, but every time it happens to me, I go, ugh, I was multitasking, I was tired, I, wasn't, I didn't recognize I just needed to slow down and everything would be fine. So if I make a mistake at work, should you give yourself some empathy for that? Absolutely, but not just empathy. I mean, if you tried something new and it didn't work, the best thing you can do is to talk about it. Meaning, if you did something, you should go and share it with your team and share it with your boss. And I know this sounds counterintuitive, but unless you work at the world's worst organization, and if that's the case, you should get out anyways. You shouldn't stick around. But you should say, hey, you know what? I went and tried this thing, and I want everyone to know it didn't work. And what we discovered is that this works. So not A, we should do B instead. And I want everyone to know so that you don't make the same mistake I did Everyone is going to appreciate that. Your boss will appreciate that, right? Instead of you going, oh, I hope no one notices. Right. I hope no one thinks I'm stupid because I chose A and not B, even though how could I have known except for after the fact? Well, that's right? that's the thing. Life is just a series of A-B tests. You try something, mm-hmm. you know what's working right now, then you try something else, and you know maybe that worked a little bit better, maybe it didn't. Yeah. But it, you, you just have to... Pick the one that worked and then keep iterating on it. I'm so bad at picking the images that will work well in marketing ads that generally I say whatever I think we should go with, do the opposite. Because we do A-B testing and I'm generally always wrong. I'm like, oh, this has to be the right image. Nope. Overwhelmingly, everyone else, they they (laughs) are drawn to the other ad, which is no difference than the image. So, you know. I, I sort of known that jokingly about myself. It's like, you know, the one I like isn't necessarily the one that everyone else likes. Right. When you do make an error, a mistake at work, what is your advice on how to get out in front of it when you know that it's going to be a topic? You know yeah. that your manager is going to, there needs to be a conversation about it. Is mm-hmm. it best for you to get out in front and start that conversation? So if it's a mistake, again, I think you need to get out there and say, hey, this is what happened. This is what we did. This is why I chose this way. It turns out it's not A, it's B. I want you all to know that. I want everyone to learn from it. So, And you get out in front of it that way. If you are making errors, 
only way to get out in front of that is to determine why you are making those errors and make that change and then communicate that and maybe go back to your team or to your boss and say, I noticed three times this week I've sent out an email that has a misspelled word. I clearly am multitasking, I'm overworking, I've identified this and I'm going to work on this so that next week my goal is not to have any. Right? And if you want to get out ahead of it, you need to know what it is you did, why you did it, and what you're going to do to change it if you don't want to get in trouble, right? Because right. you should get in trouble. If you keep making errors, right, that's, beha- that's behavior that is correctable. That is behavior that you can change and you can do something about. But there is some, uh, you are being growth focused if you are trying to take risks, right? You shouldn't yeah. be afraid to try to take those risks. Right. But risks are, that's what, that, those are connected to mistakes, right? So risks are good. We want to try new things. And sometimes we do a great job. Sometimes we don't, right? Those are the mistakes. The errors are misspelled emails and uh, screwing up. Uh, I've done this before, screwing up the, the calendar invite to the right time zone for the other person. I mean, just these things that we... We should have known better. Accidentally pressing reply all to something that (laughs) you should not have replied all to. Exactly. (laughs) If there's one piece of advice you'd want people to walk away with today, what would that be? I would say, you know, especially if we're talking about mistakes and errors, I have rarely seen somebody who was willing to admit what happened willing to talk about it, willing to be open and honest and have a real transparent conversation about what happened, what, why did they make that decision, how we can learn from it. Rarely. I mean, I can maybe think of one time in my whole career did someone still get fired. All the other 9,000 times, it was good. And it was the people who hid from it, who made excuses, who denied, who did all the bad behaviors that we can think of because they did, were so afraid that it was going to be bad for them or bad for their career or bad for their jobs, that's actually the behavior that gets you in trouble. So my advice would be to be brave and to stand up and be honest and transparent and say, you know, if you're going to have to fire me, then fire me. But this, If I'm willing to make the choice, then you got to be willing to stand by it. And hopefully you work with good people who are, will have your back and a boss who will have your back um, because you've done good work all along and everyone can learn from it and you it'll be a good thing for your career in, in the in the long run. Don't try to hide that mistake. Yeah. We appreciate our featured guest for joining the Find Your Niche podcast. Now, more career advice and stories from your host, Lori Cole. I don't know that we will ever top this two-minute tell-all. The person that sent it to me said, you just can't make this stuff up. And she was right. We're going to call this guy John. It was her first job after graduating college, an unpaid internship that provided housing about four hours away from her parents. When she arrived, she discovered the provided housing was bunk beds in this dude's house. As an intern, Her primary duties included posting the internship position every day on Craigslist and to feed his pet wolves. Not even joking. The office was located on the same property as John's house. It was a one level with a loft. The interns all worked on the first level 
and John worked in the loft. But he had torn down the safety railing on the loft, so it was terrifying to go up there. They were not allowed to wear shoes in the office, so they all worked in their socks. John would regularly order the interns to turn the thermostat up one degree or down one degree throughout the day. And they were also expected to give John rides to and from the gym. In the house, in order for John to get into his bedroom, he had to walk through one of the intern's bedrooms. She said it was really freaking weird. She only knew one intern that stayed in that room because they all did whatever they could not to be in that room. There was also an older lady who lived in John's house in the basement as a tenant. They saw her a lot because they had to go down to the basement to do all their laundry. But the tenant didn't seem to mind all of these 20-somethings constantly coming and going through her basement. In fact, this person is still friends with this lady on Facebook. With all this craziness, she said the internship was worth it because at the end of the internship, she was sent to California to assist with a photo shoot. And for a 22-year-old, it was pretty cool to have an all-expenses-paid trip to California. Oh, by the way, her parents never knew until much later in her life she told them because she didn't want them to worry about her. Is there something you need some guidance on in terms of your career? Email to laurie.cole at ihire.com. Thanks for listening.